Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has taken another step back from the policies of the Obama Justice Department. Sessions announced Monday that he's ending the National Commission on Forensic Science, a roughly 30-member independent advisory panel of scientists, judges, crime lab leaders, prosecutors, and defense attorneys. The Obama administration created the partnership to raise the reliability of forensic science used in criminal cases across the country due to wide-ranging concerns about problematic forensic forensic techniques and flawed testimony by FBI experts. Sessions has said law enforcement needs to return to tough-on-crime enforcement strategies. President Trump gave us a clear direction. He is committed uh, to law and order in America, and he is a firm supporter of law enforcement. Sessions said in place of the commission, a senior forensic in-house advisor will be appointed. Our guests are Brandon Garrett, a professor at the University of Virginia School of Law, and Christopher Robertson, a professor at the University of Arizona College of Law. Brandon, has the commission had an impact on the criminal justice system? It absolutely has, and I think it's important to have a group of scientists considering these questions, along with judges and lawyers, having just a single advisor is not a recipe for getting much done in this complicated area. But they've recommended changes to improve the accuracy of the forensics, the accuracy with which they are presented to lawyers and to jurors, uh, rules uh, encouraging the use of accredited labs, which will hopefully have make, make fewer errors. And so I think all of this is this really smart-on-crime type of changes, which prevent wrongful convictions of the innocent and make sure that we actually convict the guilty. I don't see any inconsistency between focusing on science in the courtroom and, and being tough on crime. Chris, what, what do you see as being behind this announcement from the attorney general yesterday? Is it just uh, you know, part of that tough on crime uh, strategy or, or approach that he's trying to take? I'm not even sure it's tough on crime so much as um, being on the side of the prosecution. Um, the, I mean, part of the, the, the reform effort that's going on in the forensic science world is to try to make forensic science be science, to actually have an independent, objective view of the facts of any given case. But in the actual criminal litigation process, of course, it's an adversarial process with a defendant and a prosecutor. And uh, it looks like um, uh, uh, the D Department of Justice is trying to pull forensics back into um, one side um, of criminal litigation to make sure it's actually controlled by one side of the adversaries um, rather than being an independent uh, scientific um, you know, light on the truth. 
And Brandon, prominent Manhattan federal judge Jed Rakoff, who is on the committee, said it's unrealistic to expect that truly objective, scientifically sound standards for the use of forensic science can be arrived at by entities centered solely within the Department of Justice. Do you agree with him? And what kind of problems do you foresee if you do? I absolutely agree with Judge Rakoff, and, you know, he's echoing the statements of the National Academies of Science. Uh, The National Academies issued a really important report in 2009 saying that the only way to to get forensics on the right path, where really only DNA evidence can accurately and reliably be used to connect evidence to individuals, nothing else can, is to have scientific oversight of forensics and not just have prosecutors decide to just, you know, keep using the stuff that they've been using successfully to convict people, but also to get wrongful convictions. And so, um, you know, there, there is still important work being done by scientists in forensics, and hopefully that, that work will continue. But I couldn't agree with, with uh, Chris Moore that this is, this is an effort to try to center the problem at the Department of Justice, have prosecutors decide what they feel like using and what they don't, rather than take scientific concerns into consideration. Chris, how big uh, are the problems, as you see it, with forensic science uh, and the way it's being used in the courtroom? I mean, we're all sort of used to, uh, some of us are used to watching, you know, TV crime shows, and it looks pretty reliable, but how, how does that play out in the real world? Well, um, this is an area where we only get a glimpse of of how big the problems are through um, DNA evidence, which has um, exonerated uh, well over a thousand individuals who were wrongfully convicted. And we know uh, because uh, sole source DNA evidence is the paradigm case of a reliable forensic science. It has indisputably uh, exonerated um, uh, these these individuals. But if you look back at their cases, we can find that over half of those cases had flawed fingerprint analysis or flawed handwriting analysis or voice print analysis or hair analysis. All the other forensic sciences have been shown to cause wrongful convictions. Now, that's over well over a thousand anecdotes. But then if you start digging a little deeper, you can figure out why those forensic sciences have gotten it wrong. And um, it turns out that in many of them, there just is no foundational science to support them. It's actually a misnomer to call them forensic science. Instead, most of these are based on very well-intentioned, sometimes very well-trained individuals who are giving their subjective impression of whether um, one mark looks like another. What we need and what this commission was moving us towards is actually a science of forensic science so we could measure how accurate they are. We could figure out how accurate different labs are, different analysts are, and actually develop the same sort of rigor we expect from biomedical science. Physicians, for example, are backed up by a whole team of scientists, and we need that same sort of rigor in the forensic sciences. We're talking about Attorney General Jeff Sessions announcing yesterday that he's ending the National Commission on Forensic Science. The Obama administration created the partnership to re 
to raise the reliability of forensic science used in criminal cases across the country. We have been talking with Brandon Garrett, a professor at the University of Virginia School of Law, and Christopher Robertson, a professor at the University of Arizona College of Law. Chris, in 2015, the FBI reported that nearly every examiner in an elite hair analysis unit gave scientifically flawed or overstated testimony in 90 percent of cases for two decades before 2000. And the cases included 14 defendants who were executed or died in prison. Now, the Justice Department, in addition to what Jeff Sessions said Yesterday, the Justice Department also is reconsidering an effort launched last year to review forensic sciences practiced by the FBI. In light of these glaring problems with the forensic science that the FBI is using, why do this? And, you know, I, I just to emphasize that the, the FBI's crime labs have been taken as the model for the country. They've been the leaders in the forensic science community. And if they're having this sort of crisis, um, it's really the tip of the iceberg um, uh, nationwide. Most criminal cases, you know, proceed in the states, and so um, it, it really is uh, uh, the canary in the coal mine for much much deeper problems. So, and I think that also shows how it's really not a, about being tough on crime because you want to be tough on the actual criminals and um, you know producing bad matches um, and going after the wrong person. Uh, doesn't really punish or deter the right person. Brandon, picking up on that, one thing I've, I've been wondering is, you know, we've been sort of portraying this to some degree as a prosecution versus defense uh, I- issue. But um, if somebody is wrongfully convicted, uh, presumably they have uh, at least some possibility of getting their conviction overturned and that can't be good for the prosecution isn't this you know having accurate forensic science as much in the interest of prosecutors as as defense well it is and you know when when dna when dna exonerations were a new thing in the 1990s you sometimes had prosecutors oppose the motion say you know you don't deserve a dna test what good will it do but in about half of those DNA exonerations, and there have been many hundreds of them now, the real culprit is identified by the DNA test. And so prosecutors now realize that, uh, that you know, you had these people, who, some of them were, were mass murderers who continued to commit rapes and murders while an innocent person sat in prison. And you know, that happened in some of the cases that triggered this FBI audit of thousands and thousands of hair cases around the country. You had several individuals in Washington, D.C. who were all freed by DNA, wrongly convicted of murders. It was a horrible scandal and a blemish on the FBI's reputation, but they did the right thing and said, we're going to work with scientists, we're going to work with defense lawyers, innocence projects, we're going to work with everyone to make sure that these botched forensics cases get corrected. And so I hope that the DOJ and the FBI continue to review a whole host of forensics where where testimony was given in exactly the same exaggerated ways as in hair testimony back in the 80s and 90s. It's a, it's a, we, we need to look back and fix old cases where the forensics were botched, and we need to look forward and make sure it doesn't happen again through sound scientific standards. And uh, it sounds like the you know, Sessions is trying to close the door on fixing things in the future, which is terrible. We also need to make sure we free people who are wrongly convicted based on poor forensics. Chris, is this one in a long line of anti-science decisions made by the Trump administration, climate change, environment? There aren't many scientists in the Trump administration. 
It does seem to be that way, although, you know, I can't imagine why anyone would actually be opposed to science per se. It's hard to to, to even figure out. I mean, that's like being opposed to water or, um, or being opposed to sunlight. Um, you know, science is just essential to, to, to getting anything else we're trying to do right. If we want to cure cancer, uh, or if we want to um, uh, to put the right person in prison, I'll, I'll just mention one of the alternatives to good science is actually bias, and and that's one of the things that this this uh, commission has been working on, is making sure that the forensic scientists are using the actual. Um, data available to them rather than just testifying based on what the individual prosecutor happens to prefer based on the immediate desire to put this particular guy away. That shift to trying to get the objective, the true, the right answer, I think is essential to really a long tradition in criminal law. Um, It's not really about science versus anything else. It's about justice versus um, arbitrariness. I want to thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Professor Christopher Robertson of the University of Arizona College of Law and Professor Brandon Garrett of the University of Virginia School of Law. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.